Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being part of, of course, another amazing episode of CE Dog Training Podcast. I'm Josh. So today I am talking to you about someone who has messaged us, uh, the CE Podcast, Joanna. And so I'm going to just read a couple of the paragraphs of some of the difficulties you're having. She's having, sorry. Uh, uh, with her family and, and uh, her dog here. Her dog's name is Brio. Um, and so, like I mentioned in previous episodes, um, uh, uh, you can email us at cepodcast at canineeducation.ca if you want to be featured and hear a little bit about what you could do for your specific problem. Um, our premium uh, subscribers, of course, have um, uh, the chance to be on it a lot faster of course than everyone else so it's kind of like a priority thing um, just something we can do to at least help out uh, for our subscribers so having said that so i have a dog named brio here so we have and i'm just going to mention a couple of things in the email um she said i heard about your podcast and listened to your small dog syndrome episode that really resonated with me well, thank you. Um, we have a sweet, almost three-year-old, 20-pound cockapoo, so cocker spaniel mixed with poodle, named Brio. My husband and I got him during COVID, and he's been an important part of our little family ever since. Uh, we are a young couple who would bring Brio with us everywhere we go, and it always worked super well. We recently had a baby this spring, congrats. But before this year, we were a couple who lived in a quiet home with Brio. As you can see, Brio is very much part of our lives and is very loved. I, she, she sent a couple of incredible photos of the family and the doggo. Definitely, this dog is loved. There's no question about that. Um, to give you a little behavior history, Brio uh, always had some anxiety and hyperactivity when first greeting new people, especially into our home. Uh, when anyone would come into our home, or he would see them for the first time. If he was pet by them right away, he would get very excited and urinate if they would pet him right away. This has gotten much better with time, but still happens if someone doesn't know to ignore him for a little bit before petting him when they arrive. Another anxious trigger of his was loud sounds. Interesting. So if someone would yell or laugh loudly, he would begin to bark. If someone would yell at him, no, as a response to his barking, um, he would go so far as to growl and continue to bark at them in response. In the past, it would never escalate past that. Last summer, my husband and I went on a vacation for three weeks and left him behind with an extended family member to be taken care of at our house. She watched our dog while staying at our house, but part of the deal was she would need to bring her two dogs over and stay with them as well. We had no other options for care at this time and preferred him to stay at home rather than a kennel, so we agreed. My dog has never lived with another dog. So this would have been the first time having extensive time with other dogs. Brio stayed home with my cousin and the, two do and the dogs for two weeks and then at a friend's home for the following week until we returned. When we returned home, we, ret uh, we noticed some new behaviors, including much more pronounced anxiety. At the same time, when we returned home at the end of the summer, I found out I was pregnant. I am not sure if this has anything to do with it or if the dog would sense anything, but it isn't to be noted. 
So, I mean, there's a couple of things here. Uh, this is all, of course, you know, hindsight is, uh, what's that expression? Hindsight is twenty twenty or whatever. Um, knowing that you're going somewhere, um, I understand it was like a last second thing, but one of the big things is that um, if, if I would have agreed to, let's say, you know, the dog's coming over, we would have tried, you would have wanted to at least, um, and if you had, great. But um, one step would be to have them together, even go on walks a few times. I understand, you know, we're all busy and we don't always have time to do that. And I get it, but definitely meeting them beforehand a couple of times could have maybe helped um, if that was really anything to constitute like a problem. But just to give you an idea, um, that would be definitely a big piece of it. Um, as opposed to just like, you know, your cousin coming in with the two dogs and it's just like everyone's together. Uh, that was probably a big shock, uh, I would assume. Um, and you know, there was probably a lot of, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing just from what you were saying. So there was probably maybe a lot of loud sounds and anxiousness from the other dogs or, or just the whole mix together, maybe even yelling at the other dogs or this and that, which probably triggered a little bit more of the anxiety as well. Um, so there is that too. Um, the other big thing too is uh, it's mentioned here that another anxious trigger was loud sounds. And if someone yelled no in a response, he would be, he would bark more or even growl at the person, but it would never escalate to this. So one of the things that is like really, really important. Okay. Is that when we are dealing with any kind of behavior modification. You want to really be make sure you want to make sure that you're focusing on the positive. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't have you can't say no or that you can't redirect or whatever the case. But the key is is that the times where there is absolutely no barking or growling, like there it just didn't happen during that scenario, you absolutely want to reward Brio. This is how Brio learns that this response equals more attention or treats or etc. Okay, um, you want you want Brio to understand not so much that you know a treat comes out and I do this behavior and I get it, but yet more I do this behavior and mom and dad are happy, and so therefore I get more positive feedback. Okay, and then they're going to want to do it more often just like a child in many ways, okay? My, you know, my daughter, um, uh, my daughter and my son, you know, they're playing on their iPads and my son's iPad dies. And so he's all upset, of course, you know, it's the end of the world. And um, Fallon hands over her iPad and says, here, Jet, you can use my iPad. Um, there's no way that any parent would ignore that moment, right? We would be like, oh my gosh, that was so sweet. And the child will remember that. Will remember that act. Will remember that, that kindness. And so in the sense of a dog situation, you're technically doing the same thing. So let me give you an example. Someone laughs loud. Normally, Brio would have barked. Brio decides to just not bark for whatever the reason is. We look at Brio, oh my gosh, that's such a good dog, and we reward Brio. 
just in the same sense that that response is that, oh wow, they react a lot differently than the way, than the other way I react when I hear a sound, you know? So don't think of it, like don't, don't think deeply into it, but just think more of a logical instinctual way. And so it's, I heard the sound, nothing happened, hence I reward. Think DMT, distraction mark treat. So the distraction was the sound. My dog didn't react, so I mark it. I say, hey, that's a great job, or yes, or whatever. And then we reward, okay? That's very, very important. Uh, so moving on, uh, uh, she also says, after the summer, we noticed when, when taking him with us to visit our parents and to other people's homes, he would be extremely sensitive to noise, more than before. As soon as people would speak too loudly, he would bark at them. Um, and it would escalate into a little rage fit. All right, so when these things are happening, number one is that we want to create them as much as possible. Um, and yes, nine out of 10 times, or I should even say 9.9 .9 out of 10 times, if that makes sense, it's fear-based. It's very rare that it's anything else, to be quite frank, okay? So when you have this behavior going on, it is super important, in my opinion, that when I go visit these people, I'm going there because I'm going to work on the behavior. If you, it's a big event and it's for something specific and you know that we do not have time to work on Brio, it's either you don't focus on it and you accept Brio's reactivity because you can't work the behavior at the moment because you're busy, or the other scenario is that you... Um, you set it up as an actual um, visit to work on Brio's behavior. That would be number one. So I understand that there's going to be times where that can't be because it is a special event, either leaving Brio at home or, of course, bringing him but not focusing on the behavior is probably the best bet. Okay, this is how you stay motivated through all of this, all right? Um, uh, so yeah, after the summer, blah, blah, blah. yeah, so the rage fit. So as for the rage fit, when we are working on the behavior, the leash should be on hands down all the time. So whenever you're visiting or whenever you have people over, the drag leash, like a nylon leash from the dollar store, should be on your dog. This way you can redirect, you can implement timeouts easier. This is going to be ultra, ultra important, all right? Because you need a way to get Brio out of the scenario without grabbing him or picking him up, okay? Which might even make the behavior worse, by the way. Um, if we went to get him to tell him no or physically redirect him from the, from the person while he was in his fit, he would go so far as to growling at my husband and I. If we know, continued to try to grab him, he even snapped and bit in response, response several times. After consulting with our vet, we worked on giving him space when he did this to not escalate the situation or push him past his limits. As it, and it helped as he wouldn't get to the level of excitement. As of now, he does bark when someone is too loud or overwhelming, but it's rare that he'll get to the point of snapping like he had done in the past. So you see already right off the bat, you giving him more time in that behavior modification tip that your veterinarian gave you showed the dog that it's okay to do this, but in a safe way. So I am not condoning that the barking is good and we should be rewarding the behavior. But what you did instead was you ignored the behavior. Hence, regardless of correcting the behavior or ignoring the behavior, the, the representation becomes the same thing, which is there's no learning either way. 
the moment that the dog stops or the moment that the dog never barked in the first place, that's when we reward the behavior. Hence, reward equals learning, all right? When they're in a fit, there's no learning, which is why when you tried to go and grab him and he tried to bite you or growl at you, these were warnings because he was not in the right zone, okay? I'm sure you've been in those zones once, once upon a time, at least once in your life, where someone went to kind of just hold you or be like, it's okay or whatever, and you're like, just, just don't touch me right now, please. Okay, it's kind of one of those things. All right. Um, uh, da, 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 da. But we all, okay, so it's rare that he'll get to the point of snapping like he did, has done in the past, but we know not to push him if he's in that state. Considering we have a new baby, my concern with the behavior is that he'll one day snap at the baby when he begins to walk and talk, maybe get in his space or, or yelling if he gets older. So first off, okay, before we get into the integration that you have done, the number one thing here is that you want to work on conditioning. So you want to treat that baby as, of course, which I'm sure the baby already is, is like, you know, the golden ticket, okay? And you want your dog to associate that every time I'm near, around, or with, or even looking at the baby, we want to give that positive feedback. Now, it doesn't have to be food. It could just be affection, if Brio likes affection from you, that is. <laughs> okay, so don't be shy to do stuff like that. This will automatically paint a beautiful, positive picture towards your child. All right. Um, so currently, the integration with the baby has gone really well. He doesn't get too close or into his space. Sniffs him, lies next to the baby and us when we are home. He also does not even touch the baby's toys or items, which is great. He seemed to be very protective of the baby and us, especially when going on walks. He barks to, at anyone who comes near uh, the family, especially if there's another dog nearby. During walks, he pulls and wants to be first in line leading the way. If someone approaches, however, and I tell him it's okay, say hi, he will go up to the person, kneel down, and let them pet him. Cautiously and excitedly. Sure. I mean, personally, I probably wouldn't want him being pet in that state, just my opinion, you never know. Um, I feel like you're kind of, it's kind of risky there, but it is what it is, okay? Um, you know, we can get into that, you know, another time, but um, I'm just trying to stick to the scenario of the issue you're having with, with your baby. Um, for him being, you know, very protective of you and this and that and the baby, I mean, this is to be expected. Uh, many dogs do do this. Some people like it, some people don't like it. I mean, it's really kind of a judgment call here. If you are not fond of the behavior, start rewarding moments when he does see people uh, and dogs outside where he doesn't react. If that seems impossible, remember distance is always an important key here. Go to a park, stay a little bit away from the main path, and when he's looking at people, start rewarding. Again, affection, good job, oh wow, you're quiet, wow, this is so good and then try to get a little bit closer. This will help, okay? Um, and then sooner rather than later, you'll be able to be, um, you know, just passing by people without any reactivity. It does take practice though, of course. Uh, another issue that crept, us, uh, crept up on us uh, was Brio now excessively barks at anyone who walks outside by our living room window. He props himself up on the couch and looks for anyone who comes by and immediately begins barking. You have to understand, 
that this is what dogs love to do. It's so exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if his tail's wagging when he's doing it. Remember, he barks at the person out the window and the person obviously just naturally keeps walking, right? What's happening in the brain of your dog? Remember, they're not necessarily thinking emotionally here. It's all instinctual. So I bark, person leaves. I warded the intruder away. So see, this is, in my opinion, connected to your walks when the dog is quote unquote protecting the family. It's the same thing. So if you want it to stop, here are two big things when it comes to this. Number one, I want you to actually focus on not having him at that window, having the blinds down, figuring out whatever you need to do when you are not available to work on the behavior. When you are, something I like to do is I like to kind of create the situation so maybe like, oh, five o'clock, lots of people pass by. Or maybe even if I get my partner to go outside and stand in the front, my dog will bark. If I can get a partner to do this, I will get my partner to stay there until the barking stops. It might feel like an eternity, but the barking will stop. What is that teaching your uh, Brio? Well, it's teaching Brio that barking doesn't mean that the person leaves. Hence, Barking equals person doesn't leave means that my job is not working and then the moment the barking stops we reward or if it's someone walking away from the house walking past the house and you are in the position to work on the behavior so five to eight let's see let's say this is when the most people are out let's go ahead and actually uh, have a leash on and from that scenario from five to eight I'm going to make sure that I'm uh, in the vicinity and when the barking starts happening at the window, I'm grabbing that leash, I'm redirecting Brio away from the window, but it's not over. Once you redirect him away from the window, I want you to wait about three seconds, and then I need you to go back to the window. And the moment you go back, if he barks at the, the same human, I'm hoping that he sees the same person again. So if they're running, well, I mean, you probably won't see them. So when, if you go back to the window and the person is out of sight, just wait for the next one. If the person is still in sight and he's looking and all of a sudden now because you're with him on lead, he is no longer barking, pet him, reward him, play with him, even give him a toy. Let him know that, hey, guess what, Brio? Even when you don't bark, they walk away anyways, all right? So I know that you have an overall you know, it's not just this, like you have many different things going on, um, Joanna, okay? But let's just start with working on those things. And I would love officially to invite you to actually come onto my podcast where we can talk about the things I recommended in this episode. Maybe you can try them for a week or two, and then I can actually have you on the show and we can, of course, dig maybe even a little deeper into the reactive behavior and see where we go from there. All right. So everyone, I hope you got at least some good information about what's going on with Brio and what you can do with that type of behavior. Uh, I will tell you, Joanna, you are not alone, meaning many, many, many people go through the same issues that you're having right now. There is hope. It can get better. I like using the word management and not fix. All right. The only time I use the word fix is when I was an aversive trainer. Um, those days are long gone. 
And so I want you to know that when it comes to proper behavior modification, you want to look at management. How can I manage the behavior? How can I make it better um, so that everyone's happy and everyone's safe and comfortable? Thank you so much. Josh Taylor here at CE Podcast. And please, again, don't be shy to reach out. Anyone, CE Podcast at canineeducation.ca. Joanna, I'm going to be in contact with you. I'd love to have you on the show and we can talk more. All right. Thank you so much. Bye.